Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa, OVS. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Sticks and stones may break my bones, which is why I need better insurance. (laughs) And I like my bagels the way I like my Friday nights, toasted. Oh, you guys, yum. I love a tagline that utilizes carbs. And it's like the perfect start to what could be a marathon. We had to load our taglines and our sticks and stones and blue cross blue shield um drama rama for what will be an episode to remember i'm gonna tell you that you guys it's ag andy's girls why I don't think I've ever called it AG on the phone before. Uh, Episode 283, and I'm so excited to have a return guest, one of my favorite, favorite people back on the People's People's Couch. You know her as the talk of shame, CEO of Deep Dives and Callouts, queen of TikTok, host of the podcast, I'm Sorry, with Lemonada Media, and honestly, my favorite account on Instagram. Welcome back to Andy's Girls, Kiki Monique. Kiki, how are you? You know, to be honest, I'm feeling a little bit like Melissa Gorga right now, because I'll be honest, I actually don't like my bagels toasted. I mean, sometimes (gasps) I like my bagels toasted, but I just wanted to have a good tagline, and it sounded the best so I went with it (laughs) wait okay so this is very because you are a bagel purist you do bagel Saturday bagel Fridays bagel Friday sorry it, it goes between bagel Friday Saturday Sundays yeah uh bagel weekend and um 
so it's this wonderful moment for all of us followers of the Talk of Shame where we watch you have like the first bite of a bagel from a variety of places in like LA the LA area and you came from New York so you know I mean you know what bagels should taste like and I have to say guys you need to watch these videos and I say this as someone who has that thing that begins with an M or an N and maybe there's like a TH in there or a Y and an S I forget the name of it and I don't want to know guys Andy's Girls is not about learning we we forbid books on the episode with Pet Shop Boy we are dumb and happy that is our resolution for 2022 but I have that thing where like I can't handle the noise of people chewing it like it elicits a physical reaction. It's like nails on the chalkboard times 10, except your videos, which I find incredibly soothing. It's like I get the ASMR, which I would not understand in any other context when it involves chewing food. It is so pleasing. And I have been doing these videos. I mean, I've been doing them for like a year now. Yeah, for a while. And it wasn't until like, recently that somebody was like oh you do mukbang videos and I was like I do what and I guess like mukbang videos are where people like eat on camera it's it's a part of the ASMR sort of realm um and I was like I didn't know and I know that people get paid for those things and I maybe you should look into starting a YouTube channel or something where I'm getting paid to eat bagels on camera because you're not the first person to say it to me so It is very, I cannot, like I used to eat, when I was a child, I would scream if my mother spoke while she was chewing or anything, I would lose my mind and I would eat my dinner in the bathroom. I would put the plate on top of the, and I was like, this is my taking a stand for like liberty and justice because it's so, the sound is so off. Even, even, you know, certain people, I'm like, I still, it's like a weird, it harnesses something physical. It's in, it, it is the most painful experience. There was a woman in a meeting when I was producing an event. She worked for the company. I had literally no right to say this, but she was slurping soup in such a way that I was like, you, you literally must stop. We are in an all staff meeting right now and I cannot do my job right now. I like I have more issues with I cannot take um, when people scrape their teeth on forks as they're like pulling out of their mouth. Oh, that sends me to a crazy place. I cannot be around that. And then there's certain like a uh, plateware. I don't know what it's made out of. But when people eat out of it and the and the forks touch the plateware, when I hear mm. it, it's it's nails on a chalkboard for me. Oh, I just even thinking about it gives me chills. And P.S. In certain cultures, slurping is a sign of great respect because it's showing enjoyment. And I love those cultures and I love those experiences and I physically cannot be present. And I can't watch a video about them because I will lose my fucking mind. You probably, yeah, wouldn't do well in like Korea. I was watching that Korean dating show and like when you eat ramen, it's a very like slurpy process. Like you have to make the sounds and, you know, all of that. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. Um... I do have to know, what's your number one bagel right now? Uh, It's really hard. Okay, Courage, I think Courage Bagels is probably the best bagel I've had, Mm. not just in L.A., but, like, overall. Wow. But here's the kicker. 
it's a Montreal style bagel. So I almost feel <laughs> like. Is that a thing? Are we pretending that's a thing? It is a thing in Montreal. Even though people from Montreal have told me, no, it's still not a proper Montreal bagel. Because I've looked it up and Montreal (laughs) bagels are a little bit skinnier and have a bigger hole. Um, Okay. But it's a Montreal style bagel. Still delicious. So, but like besides that, um, I've recently discovered Daughter's Deli, which is like a proper New York bagel. They also have like the best pastrami and the best whitefish I have had in both New York and LA. So, well, I mean, skinnier with a bigger hole was my resolution for 2022 <laughs> until I decided to be dumb and happy. So I guess Montreal gets that one for the win. Make um, that a t-shirt. <laughs> I mean, guys, if you're anybody, also gentlemen, you guys is gender neutral when I say it, but anybody listening, um, question for you about the toasting though is that the purest's way of enjoying a bagel does the to is the toasting uh, a lesser experience you know like how people decant wine yeah people who are into that which i love and appreciate and i'm just like where's the straw and give me <laughs> the straw with seconds. your wine <laughs> when i go to a restaurant and they're like they do the thing and i'm like i literally very fancy restaurants here in New- I'm like you it's okay just skip over it I'm not gonna notice even if it's gone terribly awry and it's actually less embarrassing for me if you just pour it because I don't want to I don't want anyone to watch me sip and like pretend I know how to fucking shake it up and down or whatever and again we don't want to learn here at Andy's Girls no, we just no. want to be stupid and um delighted yeah. but t- tell me tell me what 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 is what does this mean what does For, this mean well in new york the bagels like i said like people ask me all the time like what's your favorite new york bagel and i'm like the part i love about new york is like you can go into a bodega and right. get a really great bagel like it doesn't have to be a special place because it's just so fresh and that is why i tend to not get it toasted because literally it comes it is like the perfect like consistency mm. and just texture and bite i have found that is one thing about la I can't really do untoasted bagels here. Like there's just something different on. So I have, I have become more accustomed to toasted bagels. Now I will say, um, I just, I can't, it's not the same when they're not toasted here for some reason, but New York, I just love a good untoasted, just ready out the batch bagel. Here's what I need you to do. Fly to New York. Cause that would be easier for me than going to the post office to mail you something. <laughs> I need you to try. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this. I've been thinking about this for you for a while. So I have a bunch of like dietary stuff because of a health condition. And there is a baker. I don't even know if that's like the right term, but like she is a literal baker uh, here in New York who has stuff at, there are two people actually who I'm obsessed with, 16 Mill and Need Love, these two women with small businesses and they do all gluten-free, dairy-free, refined sugar-free, soy-free stuff. And it is insanely like insanely good. They're at the uh, Union Square Green Market and in Harlem and in Brooklyn and they're insane. But Need Loves Bagels, Everything Bagel. I have been thinking like I need to get one to Kiki. I don't think like you can ship it. I don't think you could like go in anywhere in LA that they carry okay. it. But I, I do think it would need to be toasted. I've only ever had mine toasted. I think it would be a better experience well in that case yeah i mean i i've had i ordered some frozen bagels from gold belly during quarantine and you know what 
they came perfectly great. And yes, you do have to toast them, but they were delicious. So if they ship them and they come frozen, they'll last for a while and I'm and I'll get the essence for sure. So we can we can figure out how to make that happen. And what's your dream topping? I love that this podcast is now us talking about bagels, but as a Jew, this is a part of my heritage. And so I love every aspect of it. What's your dream situation? You sit down, you're like, this is the day I get to experience pure joy. I mean, look, I love a good lox bagel. Um, And it's, it's just my litmus test also. Like if you have a good lox bagel, then I trust a lot of the things you do. It's the same with like breakfast food. Like I usually get an eggs Benedict at any place that's new because Mm. that's my litmus test. Like if you know how to do that right, you know how to do a lot of things right. So a good lox bagel is just great. When I've been drinking and it's like the next day, of course I want a good like bacon, egg and cheese. Like that Mm -hmm. is like, Mm -hmm. it depends on my mood, but just for like pure, just good bagel, just like good lox, good cream cheese, good capers, some onions, some, you know, that's that's the dream. I love it. Do you ever throw a tomato on there? You know, I am not opposed to tomato, but I also mm. do not need it. And mm. also I need it to be like a good tomato. Like I went to one place where it was like these heirloom tomatoes and they were mm. delicious. And so, yes, I want that. But when it's just a regular old tomato, I, I, I do peel it off most of the time. You know what? And tomatoes, God bless them. I love a tomato. I had one earlier today. But when that texture is off, mm-hmm. it's... It's, it's bad. It's a crisis. It's yeah. like, this is a crisis. That's yeah. going to be Bethany's new Be Strong initiative is like, make tomatoes consistent somehow, <laughs> even though it's really essentially the fault of me for not eating it sooner. But here we are. Um, listen, Kiki, yeah. this is a spiritual bagel for okay. me. This is just an enjoyable moment to have you back on Andrew's Girls. Lot to discuss. Mm-hmm. We talked about, you know, uh, the word on the street last couple days. Um, and I want to just get a sense from you how you are feeling. A lot has happened in the last couple days. Jenny was fired on Tuesday. Bravo put out the announcement. And then last night participated in a um, uh, Instagram live, they call it. Um but even without getting into specifics, dealing with that, just how are you feeling as a Bravo-holic, as a content creator, uh, as someone who has a podcast dedicated to discussing <laughs> all of this, but so much, much larger than the Bravo world, the idea of um, apologies and and the idea of what does it all mean, what comes next, Um, And what's the impact for others? I'm just curious to get a sense of like your own spiritual temperature. You know, I have to kind of take it back a little bit to kind of like explain full circle how I'm feeling. But like when 2020 started, right, a lot of people, let's talk about corporations, brands, right? They were, they had to do something because people were like, this is unacceptable and we need you to change because you're part of the systemic issue. And because of that, a lot of corporations just moved so quickly. They were like, okay, like, let's do this and this and this. And this is how we end up with like, you know, Aunt Jemima is gone. And and all of these things that we kind of didn't ask for, but they were like, we just need to make some change. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. like, 
And I was always like, like, let's, yes, we need to make some change, but like, there's some things we can do now, but we also need to sit back. (laughs) This has been a, it's a long, it's a systemic issue. And let's figure out how to put sort of like things in place to make this um, a proper way to move forward. But like corporations don't want to hear that. They're like, okay, what, what do we need to do to keep making you give us money? Just like make you happy. I feel like that's sort of what happened, obviously, with Bravo. Bravo is a corporation. And so when all of this started happening, right, we were getting, people were getting sliced and diced left and right. I mean, Vanderpump Rules, like they lost, four people were fired off the bat. And then it was just sort of like, you know, no questions asked. Like, you know, everyone just sort of got lumped into this like, oh, you did something bad? Like, let's go. Now here we are almost two years later, right? And now we're facing like, Jenny was a real issue. Like, I'm not saying those other people weren't a real issue, but I'm saying on the scale of like Peter, who had a really gross meme that he like posted somewhere versus like the things that like Jenny had been like posting over time during a time that was like really like when you shouldn't be saying hateful things, you should be really wanting to get peace. I don't really view them in the same light but unfortunately Peter was part of this sweeping like we need to make changes and we're gonna like no tolerance right so here we are with Jenny and now we are people are like who are on the side of like this is too much cancel culture is too much you just everybody is canceled and it's like no like hear us out this is not a mistake that someone made I believe in redemption And I always love a redemption arc. I don't, I think, I like to inherently believe that most people want to be good. Like there's only a few people who just like are so gross and evil and they just want to be disgusting people and hateful and racist and all of that. I don't call everyone a racist because I grew up in the South. I know what a true racist is and feels like. Most people um, have tendencies that they're not even aware of or biases that they're not aware of or a racism that lives in with them that they don't even realize is racism. Right. And those are the people that I think are, there is change can be made. Um, again, I don't necessarily agree. It needs to be made on our cameras, but that's for another discussion. But in Jenny's case, this was a woman who during, you know, the whole world watched a man get murdered and, her instinct wasn't immediately to just post multiple disgusting memes justifying that murder. And not just one, not just two, this went on and on and on. And it wasn't old. This was up until December of 2020. That was not that long ago. And, you know, I didn't see every single post, but I know that it, her, her account was still up. Um, the day that it all came out, even though she claimed that it had been, you know, dismantled or, you know, deactivated a year ago. We saw it live, like the day that um, this got exposed just less than a week ago. So um, in this case, it's not lumped in the same of like, we're just trying to cancel everyone who's a Republican. It had nothing to do with her being a Republican. It had nothing to do with her. If, I don't know if she voted for Trump. It had nothing to do with that. It had to do with the fact that in her case, it wasn't just a few memes, you know, distasteful memes. It was like targeted specifically at, you know, as it said in the memes, blacks, right? Like that was all I could see. Like that was where I saw... I froze and sort of saw red because, again, anyone who could refer to a whole group of people as just the blacks, it just I already know what that mindset is. 
And that's a mindset that can't be changed in like a simple apology, just in an episode of like, you know, this is something that is deep inside of you that you feel and you feel the need to share. And beyond all that, I mean, we'll get into the whole press conference, IG live press conference, (laughs) but it's like, let's pretend, let's pretend for a second that your social media team which, mind you, I don't know any social media team that has ever hired to post political things like that. Right. But let's pretend they did. Nobody in your circle reached out to you to say, hey, there's some stuff going up on your page that doesn't sound like you. You might want to check it. Just It was just kept on going. And if so, that means they also thought that that was how you felt and it was normal banter. Either any way you slice it. It's not, it's not okay. Um, and again, like, I just want people who are like, this is a canceling thing. It's it's not about that. It's just about like, people need to understand that like, you can have those views, but it doesn't mean that this platform, especially Bravo, which is just supposed to be this very inclusive environment, we don't need to hear those views necessarily. Like, you know, those are just, you can save that for, you know, somewhere else but like that's just hateful stuff um and 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 what's even sadder is that before all of this i had more followers on instagram than jenny and in in the in the two days of the cancellation she jumped over fifty thousand. and so it to me it also is just very much because also, let's get back to the fact Jenny wasn't even a good housewife. Can right. we break it down to the fact that, like, she right. wasn't even a good housewife? I don't think she would have – she should have gotten a second season just because of her fake storylines. And the people that are supporting her, you wouldn't have supported her if none of this had happened. You would have just not liked her as the as not being a good housewife. But because we pushed back and said this is not allowed on TV, now you want to support her. It just – it's weird, the, you know, the Bravo sphere. <laughs> I mean, it is. And also, there are so many directions for it to go in. The idea that during this press conference, she said so many different things that are diametrically opposed to each other with so much of her, like, quote unquote, sincerity, including it was a social media manager. It was a team. So she had a team in place before she was a housewife, uh, when she was a person on her private Facebook, on her individual, shall we say, Facebook. So it wasn't like a company Instagram or something. So she had a team helping her. But she then says, she had earlier said that she had posted them. Then on the live, she said she didn't. But then she also said, it doesn't really matter if it was me or someone else because I'm taking responsibility while hedging that between the inclusion of and if it was someone else. And she was able to post other things on her Facebook, like family photos and whatever else. And also this stuff that, as you said, didn't seem concerning to anyone until the Bravo community discovered it. And there were so many weird points. She had a friend there um, who's black who said he actually doesn't live in Utah and traveled to be with her, who kept saying how brave she was. And I'm not sure 
what the purpose of this was except to introduce or reintroduce or stay consistent with like the normalization of hate like i think a lot of um a certain kind of influencer or political or public figure who says things in a way that's very calm and very soothing. And even though they're discussing hate and terrible things, they do it in a way that's palatable to people where you feel like this is like a uh, crossing a lot of different areas, inclusive space in which to share your hatred and, you know, support of white supremacist ideals. And I feel like that's actually to me much more dangerous than someone screaming because she's trying to make it all so much more comfortable for herself for the 20,000 or however many I don't know how many followers she had before but for all of the new folks coming to her account to support her people just want to feel comforted that they can feel and communicate this way and it felt like her press conference (laughs) I can't call anything but (laughs) was just a, a reinforcement of that and what was strange to me, there were so many aspects that were strange. And guys, I did an Instagram live literally immediately following that was not planned with Richie Sky, where I just texted him. I was like, do you want to talk about this live? And I had it showered and we were just like went live where we talked about this for 40 minutes after uh, Jenny's spiel. But um, what was there were so many aspects that were strange to me. But like what was the weirdest part of it? aside from them talking about how brave she is, was the idea that they kept saying it was in 2020, which as if to say it was okay because it it, it didn't happen while episodes were airing. So that kind of like made it okay. And as you said, like the timing of it all with the murder of George Floyd, with the fact that people were marching in the streets for their lives and she was you know joking and almost celebrating the idea of abs- not almost absolutely celebrating the idea of violence against black lives matter protesters um it made it so much worse to me mm-hmm. because she chose the exact most vulnerable time for people in in which to make her point like it showed such a horrifying level of apathy and hatred and then she goes on this live and she says I don't condone violence and what I hear is um, I don't condone things that I feel like are violence versus this which I think is something else which is wild and she also then said I I talked about her conservative ideals which is a conversation for another day um, or and something actually got into in depth with Richie and also her support for whomever. And it was all so fucked. Like she was saying she maybe didn't do it, was defending what she said, then said she'd learned a lot. And she has this person next to her. As Richie refers to as a prop. <laughs> a prop. I, I mean, like, as a literal... Yeah, and guys, you need to see Richie's, like, actual formal response <laughs> because, holy shit. But, like, this person here as a as a prop who's saying, I can vouch for her. And it was all just really 
weird. It, I don't know how else to describe it. And it was like, I mean, it's like not even funny, but like, I mean, I can find humor in just about anything. Like, and like, there was so many funny things about that moment. And literally the moment I joined the live and saw, you know, her sitting next to this black guy, I immediately, I think I bust out laughing to myself because I was like, did you read the handbook on all the things that you should not do in apology? Yes. And then yes, say, these are the things I'm going to do. Like, we we make jokes about like, but I have a black friend. And then literally you have a black friend who's sitting next to you quiet for like the first five, whatever <laughs> minutes of the of the live weird um, and using the excuse like at one point the, the black friend says, you know, Jenny had a black CFO. OK, and <laughs> So she had help. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like she she hired someone to work. Okay, like I and I and I was like, the, I I had to follow her again because I realized about halfway through the um live I couldn't comment because I didn't follow her oh. because I had unfollowed her. And that was another thing. So I had to stop my live, go and follow her, jump back in in order to be able to comment, which was really annoying. But then, of course, I immediately unfollowed her as soon as the live was done. But um because I'm just like, I have had friends who considered me their best friend who turned around and said the N-word in front of me. I'm not, I. it's just because somebody is in your atmosphere doesn't, doesn't mean, it doesn't say anything about you. Um, and as also, if I had a friend who was posting these things, you know, okay, so somebody... I'm not going to say this guy's name because he's not a public figure, but somebody posted on an account today who this guy who was sitting next to her is. So I went and looked up his uh, IG account. Oh, my and God. He it was private. But in his uh, profile picture, it was one of those no hate uh, campaign uh, pictures. With like and the I just tape? like, yeah, like with the like no hate written on the cheek. Yeah. And I just like I just had to laugh again because I said, you know, if if you saw if I saw my friend posting the things that Jenny was posting and I had clearly beliefs about no hate, we would have a conversation. This wouldn't have like, you know, we would have had a conversation. And if, if she wanted to continue those things, we wouldn't be friends like you know like it just wouldn't happen like that and I just um anyway so I just thought that was very interesting um that whole display but also this isn't the first time that Jenny's used a prop when she got called out for you know her black scent and you know her microaggressions towards Mary all of a sudden we see her holding a black baby in Times Square it's like her go-to is like see see here's a black it feels like thing. And I say that because it's like, here's a black thing that I'm holding or touching. In and that's what it, head. it just yeah. feels so gross to me. <laughs> I had forgotten about that photo and a couple people sent it to me yesterday. And I was like, it was the same fucking. Like, I forgot that was also Jenny. And then it all clicked. Like when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Like she shows, she shows us. What are words today? I need a bagel. She showed us what, who, what, and what she stood for, what she was about, and who she was with that picture, which you guys can see online if you want to check it out. But it is 
a weird and wild and incredibly distasteful uh, and odd moment um, to see a person even think that it, it would be appropriate to, I don't even know how, what she said to this family, but to even, I think it is a wild ask to ask a stranger for a photo of their uh, baby, essentially, like yeah. young child. And post it on social media when you're like a public figure. Yeah, yeah. I just think that's, um, there's a lot of red flags and they are, essentially on fire like it's like we are being told many many times but I mean my god it's like a part of their spiel was her friend saying oh oh, no it was actually I don't know if her friend oh no her friend I think actually also said this um the idea that uh of course you know this didn't happen or it did and she didn't post it or she did but you know surely Bravo would have known about this because um uh, th- she wouldn't have been hired had they known or something along those lines. But then also it wasn't racist. Like there were so many inconsistencies and things that were diametrically opposed to each other constructed in the same sentence. But then also, I mean, uh, Bravo. <laughs> like, But then also somebody else did it. It's like, yeah, like. Right. <laughs> right. And also like, I don't know about Bravo's vetting process I, I i really don't know how far in advance they knew that this was coming but my gut instinct honestly and i could be in the minority in thinking this my gut instinct is that they didn't see it prior to filming they did i think people think that they vet at a level that they would if they were hiring someone for a movie or if it was nbc i think that their vetting process is incredibly fucked and they don't put in anywhere near as much work and looking through a person's social media for example than we think that they do I and it doesn't mean I'm defending them in any way it's actually worse that they don't do that work but I don't know that I believe that well I think there's a reason like we learned that most of the time producers ask the housewives do you have any friends and I think that is part of their vetting process because they think Mm. we have maybe we've checked out the initial if we have a new cast we'll check out this initial cast right and then okay what friends do you have let's bring them on and they'll do some basic you know question and answers I'm sure but if I once I if I'm saying validate you as my friend I'm sure Mm -hmm. they're saying there's no reason she would be friends with this person if they were all of these things, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's a huge part of it. And since, you know, she came on as Lisa's friend, who obviously they very much love Lisa, um, they probably thought like, you know, no biggie. I mean, it really does go to show you that she has literally no strategist, that the people on her team are absolutely imaginary. Um, because she introduced at the beginning and end of this that she is a conservative and she's a proud Republican. And... It goes against so many of my like internal uh, forms of like ethos when I hear a person say that when they are on a live talking about repeated and consistent acts of violent, violent racism. When she says I'm a proud Republican because someone said this commented in this in the live that I did with Richie and I responded when they said not all Republicans are racist. And I said, that's actually the point that Jenny essentially doesn't agree with because Jenny was connecting her acts of racism 
to the idea that she's a conservative so it becomes a political belief. And racism to me as a white woman should never be used or included as a form of a political ideology. It should be uh, immediately called out and um, discussed and um, sort of annexed, ideally. And if you think that your political party thinks that this is a difference of a political opinion, then I would probably slide into your political party's DMs. But the only person who's saying that this is representative of being a Republican is Jenny. I myself am a uh, independent with some real legit moderate tendencies, but I also try to be as anti-racist as I can. And I support, you know, women also, you know, being seen as human people and some other shit. And so it becomes the idea that, well, you know, if you are a conservative, surely you feel a certain way. And my thinking as someone who absolutely does not identify as a conservative in any way is like, if this person is saying out loud that her repeated acts of racism are connected to being a conservative, as a conservative, you should be horrified by that. Like, it's not as much a not all Republicans as racist. I would think if you are a proud Republican, you should be saying this isn't a part of my party. Like, it's not to me a political conversation. It's a mm -hmm. conversation about why not to be fucking racist? Yeah. Like, we don't have to go down that route. It's this housewife who keeps yeah bringing it to that point it's exactly fucked. it's 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 totally you're like everything you said is so spot on and it's like it's another reason why I, I get so infuriated if i post anything that refers to just human rights or black rights and you know trolls slide into the comments and say something like da 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 da, -da democrats You've now shown your racism because you have no idea what my political right. beliefs are. You don't know right. who I voted for and what I believe in. But your assumption is because I care about black rights and that's a democratic thing. And again, that you should be horrified because if you only think that racism, if you care about like being an anti-racist is a democratic thing, you, yeah, you need to look inside yourself and you need to look <laughs> inside your political party because that is weird. That is fucking weird. Yeah. Also, I like don't stand for the Democratic Party. <laughs> so I would be like, we can have some cover. We can have some conversations about that. That's what I'm saying. I don't stand for I yeah. don't stand for any of these parties. Like, and I feel like I've made that clear. Like, like I call out I was calling out Joe and Kamala like I felt like month one. I think it had to do with the weed thing when they told all of the staffers that they wouldn't care since DC has legalized marijuana. Oh, and they I wouldn't didn't know test that. them for that. And then they ended up like testing and then firing me you know and it was just like really anyway so i mean i don't like when i see wrong on all sides i'm always going to call it out but the difference is you know it doesn't happen both ways so here we are here we are um before we shift gears i just do need to shout out the um new york state democratic party who nominated me for young democrat of the year when i was a registered independent and nobody asked me my political affiliation they just assumed and um anthony weiner gave out the award oh <laughs> did he hit on you i <laughs> uh, he i didn't have the chance to connect with him i was like one of three people um 
But uh, the award actually went to his campaign manager, which um, is what it is. I was it's the happiest award I've um, ever. I love ever it. That's been hilarious. Happy not to receive. Um, listen, let's shift gears a little bit. I do want to. Uh, ask you one more question regarding this and then I want to talk with you about other stuff there are rumors that Jenny was well I mean certainly Jenny was filming season three there are rumors that this might become a part of some confrontation the cast has with her or they discuss it without her which seems less likely to me what is your thinking about that, about this being um, used as a potential storyline or content in in whatever way? We have no idea. And even if they filmed, it might not be in a final edited episode. But um, what are your thoughts on that? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely fine with it now that I know she is fired, because I've always said, like, if if she's not fired and they just make this a storyline, then I'm like convinced that they just want to use black trauma for profit. And I said, but if I get to watch this all come out and her get read for filth and then fired on camera. I'm fine with that because look, they did, they did that kind of to Monique. It was like all the women had to gather around and talk about how violent she is. And then, then they basically banished her, you know, like public shaming (laughs) is sometimes necessary for you to, to like, change you know like it doesn't seem like she you know jenny in this case is being shamed because she's gained you know twenty thousand followers so i think she's feeling brand new and based on that i won't even call it apology but that press conference she did it doesn't feel like but i just feel like yes i want to see reality tv and i want to see what really happened so keep it in don't don't shelter us (laughs) that's what i want to see I mean, can we also shift it from a press conference, which reminds me of Karen and Potomac, into a special presentation? Because I actually think special presentation is, like, more fitting. You're right. Like a a special bit. presentation. Thank yeah. you. Like, I can see, like, this screen and there being, like, curtains that reveal Jenny just being uh, well, a menace. Well, the, the best DM I got was from someone who said, like, in any other circumstances, this background would be the most offensive thing in the video because whatever setup Jenny had going on in her IG live with her fireplace and weird, I just, I found that hilarious. I want to shift gears a little bit to how you feel about Salt Lake this season. How Mm -hmm. do you feel about it? What was your experience watching the most recent episode? Um, You know, what are, what are your thoughts? Just genuinely, how do you feel uh, watching these eps continue to go on as we, you know, saunter over to the finale. I was having a really great time in the beginning. Like it was full of like, obviously action from episode one. Um, you know, Mary, look, it's Mary is such a complex person. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Like I, she is just interesting and she does make really great TV And she has a lot of mistakes she's made. I genuinely, even though she's blocked me and she's blocked most people I know, I don't actually think that she, maybe I'm naive. I don't think she's as terrible as a person as like what is being, you know, coming across. And people will probably like come for me for saying that. I'm giving eyes right now. (laughs) You are. You are. I just, I don't, I don't, because here's the thing with the church thing, right? Like I just, um... When I look at 
just like organized religion overall. Like mm-hmm. I immediately think of people like Joel, Joel Osteen, right? Who yeah. like he has done a lot of things and he gets called out and recently he's been called out more than often, but he sort of just flourishes and, you know, makes a lot of money and, you know, like he doesn't get like maybe dragged. I mean, I know housewives, this is a much smaller universe. So the dragging can feel much more amplified because it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you know, but I just like, she, is like problematic is so overused. Like she has issues for sure. I just don't think that she's evil. And that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. And so like she she has been an entertaining character now, but that was the first half. Then once it started crossing over into like weird things, right. Then weird things started happening with like, you know, her saying, gross things, you know, like I would only want to repeat. And then it got weird. And then from that moment on to the last few episodes, it's felt like bad girls club, which I, I just, I'm not like bad girls club is something I watch in a particular time. But like when, mm-hmm. when people are screaming at each other on camera, it like, I just, I, I tend to just like, really, like, I can't deal with it. Like, it's like, cause I'm like, what are we screaming about? What is happening when it's just like unfiltered, like screams? Um, and in Jen Shaw's case, I feel like a lot of the screaming is coming because she's trying to deflect mm-hmm. a lot of the heat off of her. Mm-hmm. And so however she can do it, right. Just scream at this person, scream at the, and so I just, I haven't been enjoying those last few episodes because I just, I like conflict that is, it sounds weird. I like fun conflict, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't like screaming, not understanding the captions on the screen, just say like indiscernible streaming. Like that's not enjoyable. So the last few episodes haven't been enjoyable. I mean, to me, one of the best conflicts was like who ate the bow off the cake? Like you, you, there are more, and um, uh, Giselle's t-shirt at Karen's press conference and, um, essentially anything that happened between Jill and uh, Ramona. Like, there there are ways, and I mean, Jersey gets into some gray areas there, um, <laughs> but there are different ways in which to have conflict. Some of it, you know, is really felt and really delivers, and some of it doesn't. But it's like the overwhelming, all-consuming chaos feels like a lot, and I felt like I was supposed to feel great about the last episode because emotions were high and like things were happening but I just I I do have difficult genuine challenges focusing when I watch tv which I think is why because I'm like multitasking and doing other things which I think is why I watch every episode so many times but I had to keep starting the episode from Sunday over and over and over again because I was like I don't understand Everything is happening at once. I don't, the narrative seems to be look, guys, there's a lot of chaos. And it was all emotion just kind of exploding in a way. Yeah. Which made me feel like it was all consuming, but in a negative light. Like the, the impact of it for me was like, this is just so wild I don't understand what's going on it's hard for me to even like remember what happened because everyone was doing everything 
And even though there were like some, a couple interesting moments, to me it was tough. And I do want to say one thing about Mary, which is the idea of writing her off as evil, regardless of how you feel. And I feel a little bit differently about (laughs) the church shenanigans. Um, But, you know, regardless of how you feel, and this is something that I've uh, uh, sort of been like discovering through the 17,036 episodes of Andy's Girls um, series finale tomorrow, guys. Just kidding. (laughs) Something that I've discovered is like, when you say that someone is evil on this podcast or online or whatever, you write them off and you do yourself a disservice because there's still a way to discuss people and to be curious and to examine someone's character and find ways to connect even if you abhor what they are doing in other areas. And also, it's almost dangerous to write someone off as quote-unquote evil because that's not how evil actually presents itself. Not usually. It's usually well-meaning people who calm voices, who do some crazy fucking shit, but they present it in a way that feels palatable. And I feel like it does a disservice to even like the exploration of housewives, which is my favorite thing to do if we're unable to apply a curiosity to it. And Mary is a, and I don't mean this like in a disrespectful way, but she is like a very broken person. She's very complicated. She seemingly survived a lot. It does not in any way minimize the the trauma and actions that she has participated in as concerning her congregation, which we're still sort of figuring out. And there are a lot of complexities to that, but she is an incredibly complex person. And I still think there's value in discussing the fact that she's complex. And it's like, when we just say, well, this person is, you know, bad, You have every right to feel that way. Maybe you were triggered and maybe there's something about them that's like too much where you can't get closer and people have every right to say or think whatever they want. But it's just kind of an opportunity to have a little bit of curiosity, um, which could maybe just be kind of interesting, you know? And I have been, Mary has recently been doing um, Twitter spaces, which if you don't, you're not familiar with Twitter spaces, it's basically the clubhouse of Twitter. It's live drop-in audio. And I was like, interesting, you know, Mary doing Twitter spaces, didn't think that was like her thing. And I, I guess because I've been listening to her, the first one I listened to her, well, the second one she did, she didn't even really talk. She was just making emojis about, you know, agreeing with things or laughing at things. Oh my God. But the first one, she spoke a lot and it was all about uh, the reunion outfits because she was basically like, they were all terrible, the, <laughs> the Salt Lake City reunion outfits. And, but, you know, she, in that, in that spaces, she, she apologized and it felt sincere. She did apologize for the um, Mexican cartel comment. Mm. and um and was genuinely just like you know that's not like that's not what i meant and like i believed her right like it like you said a f- terrible horrible disgusting thing mm-hmm. i don't i think i think that you were trying to say something else and you just like, I don't think that she is highly educated. Look, I think this goes into a lot of her background. I think she isn't highly educated. I think that she was raised in a situation where maybe she like didn't get to free think as much. And I think she's Mm -hmm. just starting to 
sort of cobble together her thoughts in ways and they're not always presented well. And like, not again, not an excuse, but like, I think there is more to her, you know, like background that explains a lot more versus Jenny, who was obviously highly educated, has run several businesses, sort of knows better about things. Right. And I just don't think that they have the same background. I also just like, and again, you're, I'm saying this as someone who has been blocked by Mary. This isn't like I'm not in the Mary <laughs> fan club. Like, this is not like she does not like me. Right. Oh, my God. But knowing there were moments where it would shine through and she would say something. And I was like, wow, that's actually like, wow, I'm surprised she said that, you know, like also not forgetting the time you said that you don't go into 7-Elevens because black people are outside. So, you know, I always think about that. But I also know that she was in a season where she was dealing with Jenny on a daily basis. We were seeing, you know, the, obviously the edited version mm. and their interactions always felt off to me. Like from mm. the very beginning, I said like, I was like, I couldn't figure out why Jenny was coming so hard for her. It just felt weird and it felt off. And I just said like, I don't know what's there. And I wasn't going to make any assumptions about it. I just said like, I'm trying to figure out why this, this is happening. And anyway, she spent a season dealing with that and now we know what she was dealing with right she was dealing with a person who was making disgusting memes you know that's how this mm -hmm. person was thinking and it just feels like she did herself a disservice by leaving not going to the reunion and letting that sort of like um and not being able to explain herself because she, you know now that we know that we know like what we know i want her to be able to explain herself she deserves that because Jenny got it. I mean, I don't know what they're going to show us in the reunion. I don't even know why they recorded the reunion so fucking far oh in God, advance. They really fucked that one, didn't but, they? But, you know, I would, I, I really hope they, they do some sort of after, like, edition addendum, kind of like the Britney Spears interview mm -hmm. <laughs> that we saw. <laughs> like, maybe there's some addendum that we get. Because... She just, she did. She spent a season with a woman that we now know is disgusting. And I would just like to hear, and I also want her to face the music. Just like we wanted Ramona to have to face the music. I want right. Mary to face the music on the things she did um, as well. It's just, you know, anyways. No, I think all of these are really great points. And the worst part of this to me, it's something that I like attempted to say on, I think it was the most recent ep with Matt Rogers. Um, and I, I don't remember how I expressed it, but it was something along the lines of like my discomfort with the idea that uh, Jenny is going to be the one who's essentially giving the narrative on the view of Mary's behavior this season. And in light of what we know about Jenny and in light of the many over 20, and those are just things that people caught instances of very horrifying and very specifically anti-black racism, very, very specifically, it makes me very uncomfortable. And also listen, I am not of Asian descent I am not of Mexican descent. If I uh, was either, I uh, would be likely very triggered and very angry about um, Mary's racist remarks and behavior. Um, and so there's that, you know, like the impact of it is what it is. Yeah. But the intent is different to me as an outsider who knows neither of these women it just, to me, is instinctively different than what Jenny did. Yeah. Mary said things that were racist in the, dis, you know, discussing Jenny's eyes, for example. Mm -hmm. 
but the intention was to give her a compliment. Doesn't make it any less racist, but her intention was not to harm someone. Jenny's intention was to be purely violent. Her, exactly. If you look at her memes, they were violent. They made fun of the deaths of black people. She celebrated it. She also has posted photos of her holding guns and things. And it's like there is a very specific when someone shows you who they are, believe them yeah. and ideally believe them the first time said Maya Angelou. But I usually quote Oprah because uh, Oprah is the one that usually brings it up. But like there is something to be said here about the intention of both of these women. And it's just so unfortunate to me that knowing what we know about what Jenny feels that she's going to be giving the last word on Mary because it does Mary such a disservice and it does the audience such a disservice. And the likelihood is high that Jenny's going to get a little bit of a PR moment from this because all of the women are going to rally around her, not to say they shouldn't in that context, but again, Knowing the breadth of information we now know, it's to me incredibly cringe. A hundred percent. Super cringe. Hundred percent. I I agree with everything you said. A hundred percent. Listen, what do we do about Jen Shaw? What do we do? What do we do about? What do we do about Jennifer? How do we handle it? I don't know. I mean, the trial is what March. The trial starts in March, I think. And uh, yeah, I need to put it in my calendar. I think it's the twentieth. I live in New York. I'm planning to yeah, um, you pop go. over. I got. Yeah. I'm dead serious. I want to go to a day of her trial. If I well, can get I'm it. supposed again. I think I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to go to New York in March. So I hope it lines up because then maybe we can go together. <gasps> Kiki, um, I can give you a need love bagel then. Oh, <gasps> perfect. We could do bagels in federal court. I love it. Oh, my God. Wait. Well, okay, we'll talk offline about that because, like, we literally should make that happen. But um, how are you feeling? You know, <laughs> we discussed it a little bit earlier in the conversation about uh, the motivation of maybe using the emotion to camouflage some other realities. But it does appear that she's kind of winning that game, right? Because there's been so much more pressure on Meredith to discuss whether Meredith had any participation in the comms strategy with the FBI than the actual crimes themselves or Jenny, uh, uh, Jenny or Jen's overall behavior. Which, you know, as reality TV connoisseurs as we are, we should have Amen. known that was the play because we know we know she can't discuss things, right? This is mm -hmm. like a, a, an investigation. Her lawyer's not going to let her permit things. But what can be talked about is, yeah, why do we think that she was investigated? And of course, um, you know, knowing these things, it makes sense that this is the storyline. I don't think anyone believes that we if we're if you're savvy enough and have looked at the case, we know this case goes back way beyond Meredith hiring a P.I., right? Like it's not. But look, it's I will say that this would be interesting conflict if if there were normal conversations that happened around it, like in a normal, okay, let's say, you know, you and I were like doing that. And I was like, you called a private investigator on me. You know, I feel like I'd be like, no, I didn't. Well, that's what Jenny said to me. And I'd be like, Jenny, why'd you say that? And we would have like a conflict, but what's happens is like, Jenny, why did you say that? I didn't say that. Why did you say that? And I'm like, I don't even know what's happening. I can't, I can't, it's too much. 
it's Sahara. too much. And it's like, <laughs> I keep thinking it's, we know that it's some sort of play, but I keep thinking it's like a theatrical presentation. <laughs> but it is Jen. She does, nobody, people don't love it, but nobody appears surprised. And I just can't imagine, I know we're filming a television show and it's not like these women have a choice, which is why Meredith is forced along to film this season. But I just can't imagine being near that energy all the time. I would find it so exhausting. Oh, yeah. I mean, which is I would never be a housewife. Let's be real. I mean, for several reasons. But I mean, but like mentally, I could never subject myself to that. It just seems like my personal hell. Wait, I need to talk to you about this. What are your reasons why just like what comes like? you know, instinct. Why do you feel like you would never be a housewife? Well, first of all, like I'm I f- shopping. Like I just like, I'm not a big shopper. Like you, you love your clothes. You love your shoes. I've always had <laughs> wide feet. So shoe shopping has always been like another personal hell. Um, and I do love trips. Like I feel like that part of the housewife is me. It's like, I just want to go on very elaborate, extravagant trips. So like that part, um, and I love to like drink with my girls and, you know, just do that. But, um, in general, like I'm, I'm, I'm a much more Zen person. Like I think old me probably like would start stir some shit up, but I'm one of those people, like I turn comments off sometimes on my Instagram cause I just don't want to deal with the, like, it, it gives me anxiety. Like I can't imagine knowing someone about something and like being like, did you know? And then like knowing that that was going to be a conversation later that I told the secret, but that's how you got to keep your job. Right. Is that you got to get secrets, tell them to other people, Mm -hmm. get those other people to talk about the secrets and then have it all blow up at a dinner party. Mm -hmm. I just, (laughs) I mean, valid points. I do have to say, I always said just as a gut instinct, yada, yada, could never do it. But I actually think I absolutely could do it. (laughs) Because I have financial issues, number one, that I talk about on the regular. So, like, who the fuck? I have so many clothes. I ha- The clothes would be fully represented every day. Um, I'm funny. Uh, I don't have a relationship, so that's depressing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that you could, like, nab. I have a member of the family. I'm a new parent with my um, fish son, PK, Kemsley, Paul Kemsley, Kemsley Galley. Like, we could have a... I could have a play date of PK and someone's dog or whatever. Like the ghost of Coco could come over to the Upper East Side. Like (laughs) I actually think that it would be kind of fun. The biggest deal breaker for me, Bravo, if you're listening, are you, uh, would be the reactions of the audience because people do say stuff. They say, you're terrible. You're evil. You should die. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of really crazy, uh, combative, body shamey, Mm -hmm. gross things to these women. And I think it's, I maybe the biggest turnoff. Like it's not being screamed at by Jen Shaw because I, I would disengage which maybe isn't a great thing for a housewife to do but it would be the audience reaction that would take me down the audience reaction is tough but I feel like I've been like I've been doing like I've been in radio like talk radio for so long and, and I was in like a on a show that was like heavily male based and so I've been called so many things for so mm. long that 
I, I I'm kind of Teflon in that way in some ways. Trust me, I'm a, I'm sensitive and I will I can cry, but I'm Teflon in that way of just knowing that those people just will say those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like all the other reasons. I think I also I, I personally think I have like a bit of Peter Pan syndrome. So for me, it's like I think I'm more in the summer house realm where it's like yes! I just want to party. <gasps> like I just want to party, and I can and that and sort of that sort of drama tea. I can stir that drama tea where it's just like you know, oh, you know, she's hooking up with someone so and like that sort of gossip and just being drunk all the time. That is my sort of reality show. Did you watch the most recent episode of Summer House? Uh, of course I did. <laughs> did you watch the Watch What Happens in full with Kyle when he was a guest and then when Amanda was a guest and Kyle was in the audience? I did not. I watched the clips, but I saw like Andy going on with Amanda and like giving her the, the was it fifth degree, second degree? <laughs> Every everyone was felt and realized. I mean, we maybe ascended to a fifth dimension. I have to say there has been no greater recent example of knowing exactly how Andy feels about someone and watching him punish them, which I fully support in every way, making Kyle as uncomfortable as humanly possible by simply giving not really, and this is maybe not super true, but bear with me here. Um, I'll say I'm sorry later. Um, uh, not really giving like a huge personal opinion on it. Maybe there were shades of that. But really being like, Kyle, when you explicitly told your fiance that it was her fault and that you got super fucking trashed and then deserted her and that you have to sign, you had to sign a personal agreement between the two of you so that you would be financially uh, invested in the wedding because otherwise you wouldn't understand uh, what it is that you're signing up for, even though you got her a ring. Like, let's talk about that. I mean, he dragged Kyle for both both episodes both when Kyle was a guest and when Amanda was a guest and it is fucking prestige it is prestige television I cannot more highly recommend it. all right I'll he go back so and watch the full versions I just I watch the highlights online but I'll watch the full versions they didn't sign a prenup oh they didn't no and he's like mired in debt or whatever like 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 not shoe debt. Yeah. Not like yeah. Sarah went to Whole Foods today and I'm sure he had to buy, yeah, invest in equipment and stuff for that sort of production, or I don't know, something. Four million dollars. Four million dollars in debt. <sighs> That's a lot. What do you, how do you think this is gonna how what was your reaction to watching Kyle battling himself but using his fiance as a shield? Honestly, like the moments that's you know, watching someone that drinks that heavily mm-hmm. because they're I don't it feels like an escapism, right? When he gets drunk, it's a it's another level. And I've seen that before because I've dated people like that. And so it's mm-hmm. a little bit like, oh wow, this is not good. And like the moment with Amanda, you know, under the, you know, in the bed with, you know, Paige and, and Ciara, like, you know, mm-hmm. and telling them and there you could tell this is the first time they've ever heard anything like this. And this was the most mm-hmm. realist moment was like, whoa, like 
I don't know how, I hope you guys survive, but this does not feel like a, a, a relationship that needs to be like rushed. Because remember, like Kim Kardashian even said, like she married Chris Humphreys. She didn't want to, but she right. had invested so much in that she felt right. that she owed the audience. This right. almost feels like the same situation. Like I feel like Kyle and Amanda, we've watched the engagement and the rescheduling and all this stuff. I feel like they have committed so much to the audience that they just went through with it. And I don't know if they were in the right place. And that's scary because marriage is not like, that's it. Like you've, it's it. So I don't, I don't know. When it comes to like the, I'm sorry of it all. Do you think that Kyle perhaps now, or regardless of how he feels in the present, like, do you think that he has, the capacity, the maturity to understand exactly what he did, you know, during the most recent episode and the one prior in uh, being so emotionally toxic, which is the most generous spin I can put on it to Amanda. Like, do you think he has the capacity to, to grow from this? Like truly like genuinely not like, Oh, everybody can get better. But like, really? I think that Kyle, I think, look, I think most people on reality TV are very self-absorbed. That's why they Mm. make actually good reality stars. And um, I don't know. I think he feels like he's the older one and he's the more knowledgeable one. And I think he's Mm. always, I think he will always hold that over her in that like, you're younger, like you don't understand. And I think that like a lot of that feels like that of like, you're being insane. You're just like not understanding, like this is normal. Um, And he'll, I don't know. He'll, he can recognize things when he, you know, is sober the next day. But I think anytime he goes and goes into the drink, it's like the truth will come out of like Mm -hmm. how he really feels. And that's why we get these moments of like how he truly feels. Right. Yeah, it seems to me a little bit similar to the Vanderpump Rules reunion. Um, Did you watch the reunion cycle? Oh, my God, Brock. What that, dude? I mean, listen, I haven't seen any part of this season, but I did watch both parts of the reunion, which I actually do recommend. I thought it was, like, really good. I thought it was, like, pretty good. It's really good, good. yeah. Um, But it reminded me a little bit of uh, the announcement at the reunion to the cast who very obviously was not aware of the news to come, but that James and Raquel had broken up and James at one point, who was like pretty emotional, pretty vulnerable, they both were, and Raquel is, I mean, we should all have her honestly as like the model of the kind of person to become, or at least for me, I'm like, Jesus, she has a lot more grace than I would in that context. But, um, you know, James at one point talks about the fact that he sort of thought his, his sobriety would solve things that he like really kind of thought the sobriety would solve the issues dealing with anger and rage and whatever kicked that off. And they broke up because they couldn't make it work. They saw they weren't a healthy partnership together. And they they took it such a mature decision and knew that getting married would be a bad idea. Like, I just think there is something incredibly brave about that. Not to say that Kyle and Amanda had to break up, 
But as you said, like the Kim K comparison is quite astute to me. And I wonder how the pressure of reality TV, especially for a prolonged engagement that was put off so many times because of COVID, like how does that impact an already struggling relationship? It, 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 it definitely does not help, especially when, you know, we know that Bravo does spinoffs. We know that Bravo is mm-hmm. willing to throw money at oh certain God, events such a good point. for, you know, and so do we know, you know, what promises were made around their wedding? You know, what was sort of, do we know that, you know, they weren't just going to try to be like Kyle and Amanda. Cause we know who knows. And mm-hmm. yeah, the pressure's there because once you've invested so many years into this career, it's not like they can go back to just like, she can't go back to being a what graphic designer or whatever she was doing before. Like she's gotten a taste of this fame and she wants to keep it. And this is, you know, the best way is, is to, for them to be together, even though, is it though? Because I, let me tell you what I would watch is uh, Amanda dating. like an Amanda page, Sierra dating show like I'd be into that Lindsay like all all of it like I I would be into that <laughs> them trying to find love <laughs> I would die for it I would literally and I also think like there was something so beautiful there was like a I don't think I think it was a question from Andy to Amanda that was like were you upset when you saw what your friends were saying about about Kyle and like how did you feel when they were like you can do better blah 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 and she very quickly said I would have said the exact same thing I want my friends to be happy in relationships I want them to be supportive and you don't really wow. see that a lot in relationships That's amazing. Yeah. it's amazing it's incredibly emotionally mature we're going to see the exact opposite obviously during different under different circumstances but with Teresa Marge and Louie and the idea that if you talk about a person or the you know you deserve more whatever Teresa has a a different response and it's a very very different um storyline and and narrative but I thought that there was something just kind of incredibly beautiful about that about the fact like at the end of the day her fiance is like "Uh -uh," but her girlfriends are there to say like you deserve the best and we actually want you to feel good about being in love. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And it's 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 got to be hard, especially, I mean, Paige, I mean, now she's in a relationship, but Paige is living her best life on oh, this season. Like, yes. she said it best. She's like, I've got an Italian cooking me midday pasta. Mm. I've got a Southern gentleman, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so it's got to be definitely hard for Amanda, too, when she sees, like, you know, CR and Paige kind of, like, doing their, you know, best hot girl summer and she's over here like, look, the dude, I've had the dude that just like stays out at the bar, doesn't answer the phone. There is nothing more. And you've called 27 times. Like it's we all were with her in that moment. Were we not of just like, Kyle, pick up the phone. Like I, we were all about to just like be like, call an Uber and go get hit, pick his ass up. Like we've been there. And like, I just, uh, yeah, it's, um, it is hard to watch, but, um, you know, like I will say this, though, it, it also, because I thought it was going to be all this drama from the, the preview. I was mm-hmm. all like, OK, Kyle and Amanda having mm-hmm. this drama. OK, I guess they needed a storyline. OK, I eat my words because that is not a storyline. No, that really did happen. So I, I eat my words on that. Um, 
I 100% agree. And I also think there's something incredibly beautiful. Uh, Carl said this on Watch What Happens while Kyle was crying. Just kidding. But um, there's something incredibly beautiful about the idea that, like, Carl and Lindsay didn't even get together during this season. Like, we're not going to see that play out on camera. But we know that they're in a happy relationship and it seems to be stable and healthy and supportive. And I fucking love it. I like Mm -hmm. love it. I loved that scene of her talking about uh, I obviously don't want someone to experience the sadness and upset that she experienced. But I loved how supportive of that he was and how understanding he was of the, you know, idea that he would have wanted to know so he could support her. But he wouldn't want to do that at risk of her adding on additional trauma from like her boundaries and the idea that she knew when she wanted to share information that was incredibly vulnerable. I just, yeah, I I'm really happy. It's like, that's like the Instagram love story is just them fucking climbing on top of each other and all these like posts and, you know, hugging and laughing and he's bajillion feet tall and she's doing great. And it's just like, I just love to see it. We got to have a happy love story. And I'm yeah. here for Carlito and Linz. I yeah, really I think, yeah. Like, people have been rooting for Lindsay this whole time. And yeah. I think that she will finally get her, like, I think I think she'll get her happy ending. I mean, listen, we know she loves a sandwich. We just need to convert her to bagel life. Yeah. And there we go. Um, ending the podcast on carbohydrates, my favorite thing to fucking do. Can you tell the AGs a little bit about your podcast and how folks can support you online and uh, with all of the projects that you're working on? Yeah, well, everyone should definitely subscribe to I'm Sorry. They can subscribe anywhere. It's on all platforms. Apple, Spotify, Mm. Stitcher, Mm. all of them. Um, And, you know, it's just, it's a fun show. It's me and my two co-hosts. And we really just like any of the sort of like TikTok drama, Twitter beefs, cancel culture apologies happening. We talk about it all. And, uh, you know, sometimes we have some fun guests. Sometimes, you know, whatever. It's all fun. Otherwise... I always have my TikTok and Instagram at the talk of shame mm-hmm. and um, yeah, to support me on there. And if you see me doing some paid advertisements, go support whatever I'm getting paid to, 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 to hawk. <laughs> no, <I'm just> yes. <laughs> and guys, no, but for real, the best thing that you can do on any sponsored post, because being a content creator is a lot of fucking work is to con is to comment with positive affirmation, share the post, do all of the things and to save this it. person and save it because advertisers are watching. It is incredibly important with engagement that engagement actually occurs. So please support content creators starting and ending with Kiki Monique over here because <laughs> uh, that's really important. Listen, um, speaking of all things that I love, I know I talked a little bit about the office and you can see my beautiful collection. Thank you. And there will be more formal photography to follow. I'm waiting on a final little piece that's um, going to be very important to me Ooh. in my journey that's forthcoming. But um, I have to say that there are photos up on my Instagram, a sneak peek of the cloth. And one of the most meaningful parts of this process of like designing my apartment, which I talk about all the time because it's the first time I've, I've lived here for over a decade and I've never had <laughs> adult furniture. Um, doing great, guys, is the fact that I have said since day one of working with my dream designer, Studio Piccolo, Tori Lisi, 
I want a Jill Zarin rug. I cannot survive my life recording in this office without something Jay-Z, Jill Zarin, give her an apple, give me a rug. Both of these things are equally important. And I have to say, I am, my, my cute little toesies, they're not cute, but the rug is, are directly on top of the most comfortable shaggy white, which I will keep pristine. Nobody is entering my safe space. I want this all to myself. Rug, thanks to Jill Zarin. You know I love all things housewives. And when Tori and I, JK, just Tori, was designing the, my cloth space, I really wanted something from Jill Zarin's business. And I found the most fabulous Jill Zarin shaggy chic rug from Unique Loom that ties the clothes together. Unique Loom is a family-owned business that offers over 100,000 rugs to choose from. Shop Unique Loom at uniqueloom.com to purchase your very own Jill Zarin rug. And again, that's uniqueloom.com to purchase a shaggy chic rug. I don't think of myself as shaggy. I'm more on the chic side, but my rug is both. For the AGs, I have a new one-hour Patreon with The Real Bad Fashions, one of my favorite Instagram accounts that's up on the Patreon, a one-hour Patreon-exclusive episode. And also, speaking of all things Patreon, the Galentine's Day Zoom, because I am an asshole who likes to rebrand things in honor of myself. You know what that's called? gift giving. It's honestly <laughs> remarkable. So there's going to be a Galentine's Day Zoom, a one hour AG Kiki with Patreon supporters at the OG of the AG and people's people's couch levels, which will be Friday, February 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Zoom to register will be going out in early February. So again, the Galentine's Day Zoom, a Patreon-exclusive AG Kiki, will be Friday, February 11th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Best way to attend that event is to make sure you're an OG of the AG or People's People's Couch level Patreon supporter and you will get the exclusive Zoom link which will be going out in early Feb. And again guys if you want to watch that Instagram live with Richie Sky follow me on Instagram at Dame Galley and you can watch us shoot the shit. A uh, lot of laughter, a <laughs> lot of jokes, a <laughs> lot of things happening, a lot of chaos and so much fun. Um, Kiki, you know I die for you. Ditto. I'm so appreciative for you coming on. Well, thanks for having me. We're going to have some bagels and okay. some federal court. So okay. put that in your it. calendar. Okay. We're going to talk offline directly, right. like essentially right now. Okay. And um, I'm going to make you have this um, gluten-free paleo um, bagel that um, may not change. Your, maybe we should make sure a toaster is available. Okay. Uh, if Jen's attorneys are listening, if you can tell us if there's like a kitchenette, because I would like to bring the bagel to make sure it's prepared and hot and toasty during a break. So if anybody on Jen's legal team can slide into my DMs on Instagram and let me know if that is possible. And Jen, also, if you feel like you want a nosh, I could bring I could bring a third. I could bring a third. Or so. if Bethany or Sonia want to provide a, a, a prototype of their toasters at the courthouse, meet us there. 
You know, we love a cheater brand here at Andy's Girls. Um, and so I would love that. Also, our <laughs> dumb question, are we allowed to drink in federal court? No. Right? I doubt that. I, d- I highly doubt that. I mean, maybe if we had a water bottle that, you know, they wouldn't okay. know, but... Um, I'm not planning to bring a flask of um, Skinny Girl, but uh, you know, maybe we'll maybe we'll have something after. Yeah, we'll talk offline. Um, <laughs> we're gonna talk offline, uh, guys. I hope you're all doing okay. And uh, listen, we'll chat with you soon. All right, bye bye.